0: back to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their filmic adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Brenna.
0: And we are doing a special edition, which means that we are speaking with a Canadian YA author. And with us, we have Tanaz Batina. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Joe. How are you?
0: Doing okay. Yeah. So Tanez, you are here to chat with us about a book that you have coming out called The Beauty of the Moment, but I'm wondering if people are not familiar with you or your work, if you could briefly introduce yourself and just give us a quick summary of what the book is about.
2: Sure. My name is Tanaz Bhatena and I write books for young adults. I was born in India and raised in Saudi Arabia for the first 15 years of my life. When I turned 16, my parents and I immigrated to Canada, and the beauty of the moment is partially inspired by my own journey of immigrating as a teenager from the Middle East to North America. And the beauty of the moment specifically revolves around an Indian girl named Susan Thomas who moves from Saudi Arabia to Mississauga, Canada and faces all sorts of challenges, trying to adapt to a different culture and fitting into a new school. A perfectionist by nature, Susan is struggling to meet with her parents' expectations. They want her to be a doctor or engineer, but Susan really wants to be an artist. At her school, she meets a Parsi boy named Malcolm Vakil who's going through his own problems. As Susan and Malcolm navigate the messy roads of a love and family relationships, they must first figure out what they want for themselves before deciding if they really want to be together. It's so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'm a very calm and collected interviewer, but no, we were approached by Tanaz's publisher, which is uh, Penguin Random House here in Canada, to talk about the book, and I just really love it. The voices of Malcolm and Susan are so authentic. Like they actually do really sound like teenagers. Yay. (laughs) Yep. And they're very distinct from each other. The book moves back and forth. So we have a chapter from Susan's point of view. Then we get one from Malcolm's point of view. And I think, Tanaz, your skill really shows through because they're just so completely unique and discreet in their voices. Like you can't mix them up. Um, It's quite a delightful book to read. I, I just I would strongly recommend it to our listeners.
2: Thank you so much. That is so nice to hear.
1: Okay, we'll ask you some real questions now. (laughs) So how did you get into writing and writing for young adult audiences specifically?
2: Well, I loved reading as a child, and by the time I was eight years old, this love for reading transitioned into a love for writing my own stories. And by the time I was 13, I was already getting a few of these stories published in a popular youth magazine in the UAE. Of course, presenting the plan to my parents posed a bit of a challenge. (laughs) I wanted to be a writer. They wanted me to follow a more traditional career path and become an accountant. So it was not until my final year at university in Canada where I was studying to be an accountant, I was doing a BCom, that I finally hit a crossroads where I was going through all these networking sessions with these big four CA firms who were coming into our campus to recruit. And that's when I said to myself, you know, I really hate being here. What am I doing here? That's when I had to, you know, make that decision to really, really confront them. And that's when I said, no, I want to be a writer and not an accountant. How did they take it? They were not happy initially. <laughs> 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 they, oh, they were no. not happy initially, but eventually I told my dad, I s- told him that, okay, if you want me to be a CA, I will get the degree and then later on I will write books. And I think that was a turning point for both of us, because that's when, you know, for him also the light bulb went on that, you know, she she's really serious. And that's when he said that, Mm. okay, so why do you want to be an accountant then? (laughs) And (laughs) that's when everything changed. And once I finished my degree, I started working full time in an export company. And I also enrolled simultaneously in a creative writing by correspondence course at Humber College. And that's how my whole journey began. As for YA, oh my goodness, I fell into YA by accident. Oh, really? I inish, yeah, I did. I, I had no idea that I could write any stories for teenagers because when I initially started I was a short story writer so I started writing short stories for adults and it took me around four years with a full-time job to finish a collection of short stories which were set around a fictitious high school in Saudi Arabia and once the collection was complete I began querying for agents and once I found an agent I was lucky enough to find one after 120 queries. (laughs) We sent the book out for submission and publisher said no we don't think short story collections sell for first time writers so write a novel mm. so that's what i did so i spent the next year and a half taking one short story and converting it into a novel and that was again a novel for adults i had no idea that i could even write for the teen market and funnily enough my story did consist of a lot of teenagers right And uh, once again, my agent started pitching the book publishers. Once again, we started getting rejected. And a lot of the publishers kept saying, this book is too dark. This book is too dark. So my agent said, you know what? There are lots of teens in your book. Let's try out the YA market. So eventually uh, we uh, pitched to a couple of uh, YA publishers and one of these publishers, they came back to us and asked if I would consider revising the book for teens. Hmm. And I said yes and signed the contract for A Girl Like That with FSG in 2016, which is exactly why a book that was considered too dark for adults ended up in the hands of teenagers. Gosh,
0: so hilarious.
2: <laughs> it, it, it is. It is hilarious. Then I went back to my old short story collection, took another short story and wrote The Beauty of the Moment. Oh. Yeah.
1: See, it's such a nice story to hear, right? Like you took all these different paths, but you got where you needed to be and the book is finding readers. I think that's fantastic.
0: This is the difference between Brenna and I. All I heard was you have put so much like blood, sweat and tears into this <laughs> journey. Brenna's like, isn't it great that you found all these different <laughs> paths? That is the
1: difference between us in a nutshell, Joe. Just a to touch, yeah.
2: Well, that's why you make a, a good team, right?
0: <laughs> Not untrue, yes. So Tanez, what was the experience of writing this like for you? It sounds like a bit of an arduous journey, but like what is your writing process like?
2: Writing for me is always equal parts joy and terror. <laughs> <laughs> when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really, really bad but I think it's a part of the territory. And um, there's a quote that I came across once online, great things never come from comfort zones. And I think it's the same case with writing. With me, I wake up at five in the morning every day just to write a few words as much as I can, at least for a couple of hours before I start work at my day job. And that's what I've been doing over the past, how many years, maybe 12 years or so. And It's been working, it's a slow build for me, but I really enjoy it. I mean, there is nothing that gives me as much joy as sitting behind a blank page and creating a world with my own words. That is lovely to hear. Yeah. As
1: you've been describing this path to us that you've taken, I'm wondering if you could talk to us about like the evolution of your understanding of yourself as a writer, maybe moving from your short stories and trying to get those published up to now with the beauty of the moment.
2: Hmm. You know, the thing is that I, as a reader and as a writer, I get bored very easily. So I always like trying out different things, which is exactly the reason why I started writing short stories in the first place, was because I could shift from the point of view of a 13-year-old girl to a 60-year-old man in prison. So, you know, that kind of thing really, really makes me excited that the ability to shift voices, to shift genres if I have to. People call YA a genre, but I don't necessarily agree with that classification. YA to me is simply an age group of a reading audience and why itself consists of so many different genres, oh, yeah. contemporary, yeah, yeah. historical. Yeah, there are so many of them. For me, I like exploring different genres through my writing, and that's what I've been able to do over the past few years. My first book was a very dark, issue-based contemporary. The beauty of the moment was a contemporary romance. And my next book is the first in a fantasy duology. Mm. For me, that's been the best part about this journey. And that's how I've evolved as a writer, if it can be called evolution.
0: (laughs) I think absolutely. So I'm fascinated by what I think are clear autobiographical components within the beauty of the moment, but there's also so much cultural information that's being communicated. I can see that you obviously understand these geographical areas, these cultural distinctions between like Canada, the UAE and India, and they really come through clearly in the book. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how do you do that? How do you incorporate those elements in a way that makes it so that, you know, a dum-dum like me who grew up in Western Canada and never interacted with anyone who wasn't white can still completely understand these really interesting cultural signifiers?
2: That's a great question, Joe, because the thing is that I grew up in Saudi Arabia and I used to read books that were set in North America. And to me, you know, it was really very different and the culture over here was really, really very different for me. And in fact, until I came here, I used to think that lockers in schools were fake. And they were just there. Yes, I used to think that because at school where I went to school in Saudi Arabia, we didn't have anything like lockers. You know, kids never moved from one class to another. The teachers used to move and things like that. I
0: love that detail in the book, by the way.
2: That was reality for me. And in fact, you know, I was personally not even used to it. And like Susan, I used to lug my books around because I was not used to using a locker. (laughs) So it was it was one of those things. The books that I liked the best always had a lot of detail and allowed me to transport myself into that world. They were windows in that, into that world. So for me, when I write, I really want others to be able to see that as well. So, when I started writing The Beauty of the Moment, I knew I wanted to write a love story about two immigrant teens, but I also really wanted to highlight the cultures that both of them came mm-hmm. from. Now, both Susan and Malcolm are of Indian background, however, they both come from different parts of India. Susan was born in uh, South India, in the southern Indian state of Kerala, whereas Malcolm was born in Canada. But his parents come from Bombay and you know both Susan and Malcolm were raised in different parts of the world. Susan was raised in Saudi Arabia, Malcolm was raised in Canada and once again that very much affects their worldview and their perspectives so when they come together they come with those perspectives and I had to really keep that in mind each time I shifted voices that okay Susan is coming from Saudi Arabia this is how her mindset works whereas Malcolm lives in North America and he's always grown up here to him these things are ordinary and it won't seem as big and monumental as it would to her. So I always kept that in mind. It was a bit of a challenge, but it was also a lot of fun.
1: Oh my god, I love that one point in the text. I can't remember what he says to her, but she responds with, ugh, so Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this isn't even one of our questions, but I just want to say it. There's a kind of like, effortless inclusiveness to the prose that I found really refreshing. Like, yeah, we have these two kids, both of Indian background, but they have a diverse experience in terms of, like, what that means. And that's a really valuable experience to acknowledge where a white audience might not traditionally see one. Yeah. Things like, Malcolm's boss is gay. It's not a plot point. It just is. Yeah. And there's all kinds of moments of that in the text that just feel like what actual real life is. I was really grateful for those inclusions. They were subtle and I think they
2: were really effective. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like that part just integrate the world as we see it because I think our world is so diverse and I wanted that to be reflected in my book as well because I think that's important when we put out books for young people or just for any readers in general to have and reflect the diversity of our world in our literature
1: absolutely you do it really well here in a way that doesn't feel anything but like honest about what the greater Toronto area is like to live in Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah We
0: have a game that we play on the regular episodes of the podcast, which is YA Bingo. And it's where, you know, certain recurring things that often happen in young adult literature, you know, we highlight them as like, this is what you can kind of expect in this book. And there's, you've got so many of them in the book, but they never feel tropey, which is something that's so refreshing, because sometimes it can be a, a huge detriment when we're reading these books and it's like, oh, they're just hitting these same familiar beats and characterizations. But when I was reading the book, I wasn't even thinking about that because I got really swept up into the story.
2: Oh, that's so lovely to hear. Thank you. Okay, I'll pause our gushing praise of the book Mm -hmm. for just a second and
1: ask you, uh, what's it been like? You've talked about your day job and the path to publication, but what's it been like actually seeing your books out in the world and interacting with your readers?
2: i think the best part about it was really seeing my book at an actual store
0: oh physical physical books
2: physical physical books after such a long publishing you know that route to publication when you actually see the book there it's a little surreal you don't believe it's really there and seeing it under lee bardugo on a shelf that's really cool too yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And uh, also, uh, I think overall, interacting with readers has been great. And uh, most recently, I was at a festival and this girl came up to me and she said that she read a girl like that. And she said it was the first time she was able to go back to how she used to live back in um, India and where she had so many Parsi friends. And she herself wasn't Parsi, but she connected with the book and she said that nobody over here gets it. Nobody over here gets it. And she kept saying that. And I just was so moved and so touched by that. And then when I thanked her and I said her name, she said, that's the first time someone pronounced my name right. And it was one of those moments where I realized that, you know, my books and the stories that I'm writing are making a difference. You don't realize that initially when you're sitting here and you're not really reading reviews and things like that, because I, I typically don't go on Goodreads and read my reviews. I only read them if I'm sent them by my publisher. So typically, I'm not even aware of what's going on most of the time in terms of that, because otherwise, it kind of messes with your headspace. If you read a bad yes. if you read a bad review, and you're like, Oh, God, my whole day is bad. now. <laughs> but for the most part, it's been pretty positive. I think overall, it, it can be intimidating sometimes when your book is out in the world, and there are so many people reading it. But otherwise, it has been pretty nice. It has been a world pretty positive. That's
1: fantastic. fantastic. That's good to hear. Yeah.
0: So this next question is principally because Brenna and I are both Canadian and we appreciate that there are sometimes cultural differences that people will associate with Canada versus other parts of the world. And then other times we've asked it and people have said, nope, there's absolutely no difference. So we're wondering if you feel like there's something unique about being a Canadian writer or do you consider yourself a Canadian writer or do you think that you're global considering your background?
2: That's a really interesting question. For me, first and foremost, Canadian writing has always been about a diversity of voices, indigenous and immigrant. Okay, so I am a Zoroastrian uh, by faith, and my ancestors came from Persia to India as refugees many years ago, and we're known as the Parsis. Canada was the first place where I discovered Roenton Mystery, who is a Parsi author and a Giller Prize winner, mm author of The Fine Balance, and that was the first place where I read a book by a Parsi author where Parsis were represented authentically. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for me, that was really unique because For all the years that I spent in an Indian school reading so many Indian authors, I was hard pressed to find a single Zoroastrian author who had written a book that well. And when I came over here, I thought to myself, maybe my voice has a place over here too. So for me, that is the best and most unique part about being a Canadian writer, that it allows me to embrace all these disparate parts about myself. being. A Zoroastrian kid who was born in India, raised in Saudi Arabia, all these different parts and elements of myself that I associate with being a third culture kid, I can embrace here in Canada. So that is the most unique part about me being Canadian and being a Canadian writer. It's
1: fantastic to hear. I feel like I want to record that and play it for my Canadian literature students. Oh, we are recording it, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is our last formal question for you which of your books would you like to see adapted and why and like do you have a director or like a dream cast in mind when you think about that
2: i'd say both because why not (laughs) if it's translated and as a film i would love that i personally don't necessarily have a dream cast in mind i guess for the beauty of the moment i would love for alicia cara to do a cameo in the house party scene and have here playing in the background I don't know I guess I guess that that's uh, that's my only thing for a girl like that uh, I don't know I don't know where they would shoot that movie that would be interesting probably yeah that would be interesting where they would shoot that movie <laughs> but yeah it will be interesting to see if that ever happens. uh one of the things that we
1: watch out for here is author cameos do you think you would try to get one if they made it into a film
2: well, if they want me, yeah, why not? Otherwise, otherwise, I'm happy sitting in the background and just watching.
0: <laughs> Love it. So, Tanez, the book is available now if people are looking to grab it?
2: Oh, yeah. It has been out and it's available in stores across Canada and the world right now.
0: Okay. So, if people want to keep up with you or to get in touch with you, how can they get a hold of you?
2: I have a website, tanazbhathena.com, and there is a contact page with my email listed on it, Books at gmail.com. It's there on the website as well. And they can email me, and that's probably a quicker way to get a response from me compared to social media. I am on Instagram my handle is at Bhathenathanas. But if you send me a message on social media, I'll likely respond maybe a week or 10 weeks later. So it's better off to send me an email.
1: Good to know. And we'll link to your website in the show notes. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) I know that I've already said this to Naz, but like what a delight it was to read the beauty of the moment. I really enjoyed it. It was a refreshing read. I really hope it finds a huge audience because it's so well-deserving.
2: Uh, Thank you so much, Brenna.
0: Yes. And also thank you for taking time out to speak with us because I know that it's not always easy to pull yourself away from other commitments. So we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show.
2: And I appreciate you guys reading the book and having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to people who have read the book and have enjoyed it. So thank you for having me. Thanks so much. So I guess until next time, Joe,
1: I'll see you on the page.
0: And I will see you on the screen.